0: Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the Challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, Episode 11. Yeah, we're 11 episodes in, and guess what? We're still into this season, so that's an absolute win. My name is Alan Aguirre, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, the Southern Luke Muncie. What's up, guys? And unfortunately, our Canadian co-host, Miss Nikison, is undergoing a couple surgeries. We wish her well. She'll be back next week, and... We miss her, but until then, we had to talk about this episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies. Luke, what did you think? Pretty solid. The past couple weeks, I've liked this week was pretty
1: good. There are a few misses in the episode for me, but overall, pretty good.
0: Yeah, and I think the whole Challenge fandom right now is so excited by like All Stars Two and Challenge All Stars Three. Uh, which is being set to film soon. And everyone's attention is going towards that. And they're just making fun of spies, lies, and allies. And I'm like, the season's getting pretty good, though. It's been good for the last few weeks. Like, I know we're all excited about that. But the, if we just watch what we have right here, we got some good challenge going on. Yeah, you never miss a good
1: thing to what's gone. I definitely feel like even with the past couple seasons, maybe not last season, but maybe it's too fresh, you go back and rewatch them. You're like, wait, this was pretty good. You know, and I yeah. think. I do, I think too many of us might know a few spoilers ahead of time, and it kind of dampens like our expectations uh but I think it's been pretty
0: good, yeah, this season, besides that like episode four to eight point where it was like you know josh fessy Logan gabo elimination episode, those were kind of weaker points in the season, but we started strong, and in the last few weeks it's it's really picked up back again, and it's been a good, enjoyable season uh in this episode. We had a lot going on, and and the editing has really been crucial towards how these last few episodes have gone because we've seen a lot more players talking openly about their lives outside the show, why they're competing, and that moves us into our house life and like drama portion where we see Ashley post elimination just emotional over getting this big win, and you know she's talking to Nani about you know what it's like to deal with all this stuff in the house, all the doubts, and she doesn't know this whole time that Nani is the person. Who's been pushing the agenda to get Ashley taken out of the game?
1: Kind of heartbreaking. You know, Ashley's excited. I can't wait to call my mom. Ashley's mom's Tina is a phenomenal woman. Heartbreaking to see Nani in that light. However, I will say it made me feel better about last week because Nani was up front with Ashley. She said, You know, I love you. And there are days that I'm like, I love this girl. She could be my friend. But still in the back of my head, could she screw me over? But you proved that you haven't based on Ashley's social media activity last week. If anybody saw that, I don't feel like her and Nani's friendship is going to fare that well. The rest of this season, uh, I appreciated her honesty, but like you said, she was the one plotting.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of baggage there. <laughs> that's, that's really all we can say about it. And it's going to come to a head pretty soon because the rookie girls are dwindling. The options are there. If one team loses, it could go one way. And also we have to remember you lose and you lose, you know, you get voted into elimination. You call someone out of the sand. Ashley's already beaten Nani in elimination before. Maybe she thinks she can do it again. I feel like she could. And honestly,
1: Nani could have played this and maybe should have played this if she ever were to be caught for trying to get Ashley thrown in by saying, I wanted you to win and join my team.
0: The big brain play. Yeah, uh, we see uh, more house life elements of people getting their calls home. We see Kyle uh, calling his pregnant girlfriend and she shows him the the sonograph. The He sees his baby for the first time and now the baby is with him in real life. Since the time they filmed, it's been born. And as much of a shithead as Kyle can be sometimes, this was an enduring moment to see he's playing for something bigger than himself for once.
1: Yeah, as much as I get tired of... Corey having the same played out storyline of having children for Kyle. This is fresh. This is new. And this is a part of his life outside of the game. that has a huge impact on him. So
0: I liked the moment. And it's even funnier. Uh, like Amanda, who has had a child, his birthday child is kind of like poking fun at him. was like, Oh, this is what pregnancy is like kind of grossing him out. But she spoke honestly. And it was just, to me, it was one of the funnier moments in the episode because it was real stuff.
1: Yeah. It didn't feel forced at all to me.
0: I mentioned this in uh, my recap last week in my Rin recap, but not we didn't talk about it on the podcast. But I love Amanda because she's like the only real person on the show anymore because she has a real job and she has like a real like kids and a family. Uh, everyone else on this show is a social media influencer or a professional reality star. Amanda is a person with a real job coming on these shows. Yeah, she has
1: been a breath of fresh air, and I know she has so many haters, but I agree. There's just an authenticity that comes with her that you can't beat.
0: It's, it's the throwback elements of the show where someone would come on the show after like, being gone for a long time or a season off, and you find out like, what's been going on in their lives, whereas we know what's been going on with Josh for the last few years. He's just been goofing it up. We know what's been going on with Casey. We know every little thing in their lives, and it's too much. It, we need to take a step back so that way we could actually appreciate them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I was also happy to see the phone call between Ed and his mom, Tammy. If you watch the circle they played together, it just was a nice little crossover. And she seemed proud of her son, who I will say too, also has a job. He's not one of these people that you see on social media, just, you know, I'm selling this for $20 a click or whatever the deal might be. So that was nice. It was nice to see Nelson have a conversation with his mom. However, I told Alan this before we filmed this. I like it. She seems like a sweet lady. I love the backstory of Nelson's life, but we've heard it before. And Alan said, and I will fully co-sign this. This is about the time where MTV should start to reconsider. Is 90 minutes what we should be pushing for? You know, should we be tapering back as we get less people in the house? And then I'm going to contradict myself. Corey has the same played out storyline, but I really would have loved to have seen Ryder on my screen. We didn't get that.
0: I I I don't like when Corey talks about having kids, but I like seeing Corey with his kids. And, like, there's a big difference between the two. Uh, yeah, I would have really, like, laughed my ass off if they brought Hunter on for Nelson's phone call. And Nelson's like, Hunter, you're missing out. I hooked up with Ashley. I hooked up with this girl named Bertha. There's this guy named Ed. He's kind of like you. He's my new best friend. He's like, you're missing out, buddy. And then Hunter's just, like, sat at home without his money because he's broke. Yeah, <laughs> waiting by the phone. Am like, I gonna get a phone call? Are you calling for me next season? <laughs> yeah, that. And then we see uh, Tula, Big T. She gets a phone call from her sister, and her sister uh, calls her tools, which I, which I thought was very cute and endearing. Yeah, Big T is somebody who, like you said, the past few seasons,
1: we know what she's up to. However, she is somebody we don't have a lot of backstory on. At least I don't personally. So it is nice to see a sister family come on and. We get to know her a little bit better.
0: And then, that is that all our calls? We have four calls, right? Yeah, those are all our calls. Calls, yes. <laughs> and then the next house life portion we see is Emmanuel, someone who, like, we don't know if he has a family. We don't know if he's just an actual vampire, but he's just jumping into a pool, biting on Tory's butt in the pool. <laughs> and then he, uh, she takes him upstairs and she puts him in a wig. She puts him in, uh, a dress of some sorts, and he's just dancing, twerking around in heels. And then they hook up and they're having a lot of fun. They're two weirdos. I I don't know how to describe it in any other way. Nail on the head.
1: It seems to me like they're just enjoying the moment. Like they're not trying to force anything, that it's just two absolute freaks having fun, and they're letting their freak flag fly.
0: (laughs) I didn't, mind, I didn't mind seeing Emmanuel and all that drag and stuff like that, but I felt like it did go for about 45 seconds longer than it needed to. There was a lot of butt cheeks just, just out shaking <laughs> that I'm like, okay,
1: we could have cut this off the, off the you know, time block here. But yeah, it was a fun segment. It was nice to see just the contrast between the daily grit, things like that, and just the fun in the house.
0: And it, it, I mean, Emmanuel is the one guy who has not gone into elimination from the rookie and the rookie game. So there's a reason to it. He's just blended in really well. He's a fun spirit and he's a good competitor. Uh, good for him. Uh, Tori, I I I don't know. I just don't have any opinion on Tori at this point. That's a good one. Yeah, I agree. So I'm just going to keep quiet. <laughs> Are there any other uh, house plot elements you want to talk about? Not that I can think of. Ooh, I just remembered a big one. They showed us Kyle photoshopped onto a baby. It's pivotal to the episode. <laughs> Absolutely necessary. We needed that. It really freaked me out. It was very unnecessary. And there is something more important. And that is Team Ruby had a workout where Corey put them through a boot camp, similar to Nelson's boot camp from earlier this season, And it had much less success. Uh, Big T was struggling. Logan's injured, so he's not even participating. Kyle's making a fool of himself. Was not great.
1: Yeah, it was the poor man's Nelly T's boot camp. (laughs) If you look at the people who Nelly T had in his boot camp, it was like, okay, okay. And Corey didn't even have his entire team because Logan's dry self was nursing his hamstrings. (laughs)
0: my favorite thing was big t saying like uh it's midday i don't i don't work out when the sun's out right like at this time of day so i'm done for (laughs) like cut cut me off i immediately thought big t if you were to make a final what are you gonna do (laughs) let's film this at night in the morning we can't do it right now big t it's like uh her pros elite nighttime and morning competitor cons will not compete in the day just won't at all we'll quit the show (laughs) oh man it just the ruby team is an absolute mess and uh they didn't even get a good song like nelson did with anaconda i mean that's ah rough moment they got they got they got work bitch by britney spears right oh you're you're you know what you're right my bad but the first like two minutes of it was no sound and at the end they got work yeah i still so prefer anaconda though it, for it sure. makes for a better like atmosphere yeah more fun more jovial Uh, And then going from the house life portion to the daily challenge portion, which is crucial as one third of the house gets safety and the others are all for elimination. And now talking about the daily challenge, the players arrive to the competition. Uh, They will be jumping from a giant contraption of metal beams that are staggered between one another. The length and distance between the beams gets larger and larger, I believe, as it goes on at the end If you get to the final beam, a player must jump and grab an extension cord slash plug that is under a beam and try to rip it off as they come down. The team who gets the most plugs in the fastest amount of time uh, wins the daily challenge. And as they're doing this, players from far away can shoot a fire hydrant slash water hose at their opponents to make them slip. This was an incredibly difficult daily challenge, and as it went on... It got harder and harder for who went in what order because the floor got slippier uh, because that's what water does. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're leaving out the most crucial part,
1: Alan, that it is sponsored by P3 Protein. And they have the clip of like Ashley jumping up and down like, yay. I'm like, they definitely have taken this from another section because strange. No, challenge seems pretty straightforward. But I'm like you, like if you're not the first person to go, good luck to you because that's near impossible.
0: Yeah, and the first team to go was the Sapphire team, which was CT, Ed, Nelson, Amanda, Ashley, and Bettina. And also, they were really high up there. That, that, that's really crucial to know because Bettina, who hasn't shown any fear this season, kind of had a had her first like rookie moment of like, "Whoa, guys, what are we doing here? Is this what the challenge is about?" Because like, what if I what if I fall and miss? And I mean, she's on a team with like four veterans and Ed who. Is in the cloud, so she she was just terrified, like any normal person would be. Yeah, and we'll
1: talk more about it later. But having CT go first was smart in a sense because he could show them how to do it. But also, like you know, it's going to get slippy, slip slippery. That's the word. Wouldn't you want to save your best for last and maybe like deal with you know the worst of the worst? Did did I say slippy?
0: You did, and it was in my head. So, you know what? We just are slippy, 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 or slip whatever. Slippery. No, slippy, that's the name of the character from Star Fox. That's a that's a that's a video game character. Yeah, slippery, that's the right word. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think my my brain was like CT should go last because he'll be the most capable of doing it when it's the most wet. But everyone else did need to see him go. Like that was very important. So I I see the argument for both sides. And the funny thing is what was evident in this daily challenge is that like you kind of needed height to succeed in this challenge because CT didn't even jump most of the time. He was mostly just walking and hopping between the first few platforms because he's he's a massive human. He's six foot two. He was just walking across with ease. Uh, And then he, he gets the first plug. He almost slips up at one point. But overall success. He's CT. He kills it. Nelson tries and he has to hop and hop and hop. And we were talking about like what's the difference between Nelson and CT? That's six inches in height. Nelson's five foot eight. Ed is five foot six. That's even shorter. So they're trying to hop. They're like putting their whole body into the beams. And if you overjump, like Nelson and Ed did, you just slip off. Especially as people are just shooting you with water. It was just so incredibly difficult.
1: Yeah, it was. It was kind of disappointing because I look at those two guys as very strong. But you're right. They don't have the height
0: for it at all. Ashley just dips out immediately. She's like, I can't do this. She just jumps down. And I think that's a smart choice because you could have really gotten easily hurt in this challenge. And she also figures out, like, well, it's probably going to be a male elimination day. If it was a female elimination day, I think Ashley would have jumped. And I know some people aren't going to respect her for that. But, you know, you live to play another day. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed just because I love her, but Ashley
1: is. I'm not saying she's disloyal like Nani said last week, but in a sense, Ashley is selfish. I mean, look at the girl; she's she stole money for herself. She knows she's not on the chopping block. She knows that CT isn't, and likely Nelson isn't either. If she loses Ed, like who cares?
0: Yeah, I mean, but you look at some of some other people's falls, and I see Ashley's rhetoric more and more and more. Uh, but Tina also dips out because. She sees Ashley dip out, and that, like, if Ashley hadn't dipped out like that, I think Bettina would have tried, but no chance after that. Uh, Amanda, who I love her in these daily challenges where she knows she's gonna die because she just has a big smile on her face as she's about to die. She just knows, like, this isn't gonna go well, but, like, I signed up for this.
1: It reminded me of On Final Reckoning where they had to, like, play the stake, like, daily, where they jump from stake to stake, and she was not confident at all, but she finished. And I was really hoping she could pull that out because it a very similar challenge.
0: Yeah, I thought no shot because that, that challenge was like upper body, whereas this was like more lower body. You got to be able to hop and Amanda doesn't have that type of athleticism to her. It reminded me of the hamster wheel challenge from Invasion actually um, a bit where the players had to like use their hands and feet at the same time and move across a giant like popcorn type, canister uh wow. and amanda in that just hopped immediately at the machine and just fell to the ground so she did better than that um true she was she was the best female on her team by by far but also did not do well but i'm glad she tried and she like showed she had heart which was i don't know i guess what mattered uh team ruby then goes up next and cory he kills it does well got i mean Cory's six feet tall he's taller than you know nelson and ed more explosive too. Good jumper. Uh, <laughs> who went next? Was it Kyle went next for them? Kyle
1: went next. Yes.
0: And Kyle, another guy, six one, six foot two, makes it across. He has that, I mean, has an extra height on him. Has like a long legs, has long arms, allows him to hook on to the beams a bit more. He gets the challenge done, but he doesn't jump to unhook the plug. He jumps on top of the beam, which leads to. As we'll find out later, a DQ, and even everyone in the crowd is saying in the moment, that's a DQ. Uh, real embarrassing look for Kyle. Yeah, I want to point out, too, you
1: said a couple of weeks ago, with Fessy gone, Corey's really the only guy that seems to stand a chance against CT. He, just even last week, as soon as the team performed, he rose as the leader of that team. This week, we're seeing that again. He effortlessly finishes the daily. He, he is the example to his team. I'm starting, I've always loved Corey, don't get me wrong, but I'm giving him much more credit in my head as far as his athleticism goes. But yeah, with Kyle, I hated it for him because he clearly DQ'd, as you said, like we already know this. If you've watched the episode, there it is. We've also just spoiled it, whatever. I don't think he intentionally did it because he was scared. I just think he was in the moment and was like, okay, there's the next beam. I'm jumping to it and it costs them the daily.
0: Yeah, and that was real unfortunate. Emmy actually did a pretty good job out of all the, like out of all the females. She probably did the second best. Um, and again, she's one of the taller females. I think height really did play a factor in this game. But then she she just wipes out. Big T terrified, being sprayed with water in her face. Uh, she has one of the scariest falls I've ever seen. She goes pelvis first into a beam and then falls backwards, flipping in the air with no control. And it was scary. And I didn't really appreciate TJ laughing, TJ Lavin laughing so hard at her because I was like, that could be a concussion right there. That was like one of the scariest falls I've ever seen in this show.
1: Yeah. CT also, before Big T even started, just said, just jump, save us all the time. And I'm like, oh, he really has no faith in her. He, he proved himself to be correct. But also it's become such a stick for TJ to just laugh uncontrollably like a maniac. And that used to not be the case. Like, people definitely liked when he laughed during trivia challenges, all that. But it's like the producers have been like, hey, TJ, let's amp this up way too much. It's it's like lost on me now.
0: Yeah, and it, it is funny with trivia because the players, they know the fall is coming. They're bracing for it. But to see someone like Big T just violently fall, I, I just didn't I, just think, I didn't think it was funny. I mean, maybe that's part. I mean, I, I love the jackass movies. I love stuff like that. I don't like seeing innocent humans just get knocked back and almost died (laughs) right right (laughs) uh logan who is last in the lineup strategically because he's like if we have a chance to win i'll go for it if we if we suck i'm just gonna just jump in the water immediately because i'm hurt with his team having a shot to win he goes for it and again tall guy does really well in the challenge what a surprise that is uh he hops across he hops across and he gets the second plug for their team. They think it's the third because of Kyle, but as we know, fortunately not. Yeah,
1: his hamstring, I I don't know how badly that's hurt because those are some pretty big leaps towards the end. I will say I really enjoyed the fact that they were penalized for having a bad team the week before. They lost Priscilla, so they were automatically down one shot to get one of their plugs, like if every single person on their team had gotten a plug, but so had everyone else on the other teams, they still wouldn't have a shot. And in a way, that's a handicap, but it's also incentive to win an elimination and not go back to the Ruby team.
0: Yep. Uh, from there, we see the Emerald team go, and the Emerald team thinks they're going to kill it. They they stack all their females in front and then all their males in the back, which is a solid threat, you know? They stack nani tori and josh
1: in the front and then casey devin and who's the
0: other emmanuel in the back josh goes third they definitely stacked it with who they thought was going to be the worst to best in this challenge nani who is a tall female she just immediately who has like a lot of experience on the show she she flubbed this challenge hard and she fell very slowly like that that was that was the weirdest part too it's like she didn't even try just fell immediately
1: No comment. I love Nani, but she has been so disappointing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tori, she says, oh, I'm a land challenger, which I've never seen before. Uh, She's like, I'm only good on land. I'm like, well, then when are you good? Tori is full of excuses. She flubs immediately. Josh, who is six foot two and could just walk across the beams. His legs are long enough that he could just walk at least half the platform. And he falls immediately too because he's the goof. Josh is an idiot. There's my one liner for him. I mean, arguably the positive of this team is at least they're falling fast in the water. Uh, Casey, she just like puts out a hell of a performance. She, you know, Casey, who has been, I think you and I will agree, arrogant. This entire episode, like she's just throwing weird little jabs in her confessionals where she makes fun of the Ruby team's workout. Like, oh, that's cute. You guys think you could train and beat me? No, that's not possible. And then, uh, in her confession for this daily challenge, like, I'm the cool, calm, composed one. Everyone knows that on this team. Everyone knows that, like, I'm the, I'm just the best player. Uh, <laughs> and then she kills the challenge and she shuts us up because she's the only female to do so. And, you know, Casey's okay, tall for a female, but she's not taller than nelson or even ed so what she did was very impressive she's the only person in that size category to even finish the challenge
1: i know i won't talk about this right now but she's smoked too at the end of the episode in regards to people going to the elimination and i want to be mad but just like alan
0: said she puts up so i can't be mad (laughs) yeah she comes down hugs nani just like she just has like the girl in her arms she's winning she's winning in all places nani said you're amazing chick. Like, this is for all the little girls out there and i was like wait what you just jumped hold <laughs> a pole to get a cord okay <laughs> little girls love cords bro that's it's well known yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that nani too and that confessional's like ah oh, casey's so humble she does it like this meanwhile we're watching your confessionals just seeing the arrogance above her but i like it I, i'd rather her be arrogant than her be wallpaper uh and uh Devin goes for it. And I want to give note to Devin on Vendettas. He won his first ever daily challenge in the uh, heights challenge where there was a hashtag and they had to grab hashtags on different platforms. And he was just sprinting across this like heights over water challenge. Uh, so much so that giant bananas got pissed off. Like, how is Devin doing this? So Devin does have a history of being good with heights. He is tall as well. We're going to keep mentioning this every time because it, it's, you know. The tall people are doing well in this challenge. Uh, he gets it done with in you know, a pretty fast time. And then Emmanuel goes, and I think a lot of people assumed Emmanuel would do really well in this because he's got good balance to him. But even he over jumps on one of the jumps at the end. And uh, only it comes down to Emerald and Ruby, as they have a tie, two pieces each. TJ tells him Kyle CQ'd and Emerald did it slightly faster. I don't... I don't really know what the tiebreaker was because they said they, they did it faster. But I think if you had done, like, the average beams of each member on the team, maybe it would have been a different outcome. I, I don't know if the faster of who finished was the
1: best tiebreaker. This has been an issue all season, and it's totally avoidable. We don't know the times. The challengers don't know the times. Production might favor the Sapphire team. Can't imagine why. They don't seem like the type that production would favor. They do. Like, 10 times out of 10, they're going to say, okay, let's make a fool out of Kyle, make him look like an idiot, and let's make the green team safe. We've got our production pets here.
0: Yeah, I would have really liked if they had just thrown Devin and uh, Corey up there and been like, all right, you two, you go one time, you rep your team, whoever does this faster between you two right now, you win the daily challenge. I feel like that would have been... Really good high stakes and would have had us engaged. Uh, Instead, no. Emerald wins. And good for them. They get the win. Uh, They have the strongest female pairs. Casey earned it for their team by, like, a hell of a performance. But, yeah, would have been more interesting to see if uh, the red team had won after all this. I did find it corny that Corey, this whole episode, is like, I'm really proud of my team and everything we've overcome and grown from. I'm like, dude, you've had this team for one week. (laughs) Right. And honestly... Realistically, it might have just been like three, four days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the green team gets the win. And more importantly, they win a whole case of P3 protein, and they each get $3,000 added to their bank account. And Luke, I know you love it when players get random amounts of money added to their career totals. I do. And I was thinking, like, there's six of them. They're going to get, like, $500 a piece.
1: $3,000, I mean, that's a chunk. I, yeah. I am really upset that, like, the... Emerald team is that who no no yeah the sapphire team is emerald right? emerald just, emerald no I was really sad that oh. like Ashley didn't get more money yeah. C T didn't get more money hell even Nelson because like I love when people's amounts go up just a little bit I know that Ashley's winning amount is one hundred or one million one hundred twenty one thousand five hundred dollars I would have loved if I could now say it's one million one hundred twenty four thousand but I can't.
0: I think it was on Rivals One where TJ was giving people five hundred dollars out of his pocket, like five hundred dollars US cash out of his pocket. Let's go add that to the wiki. <laughs> it's on the wiki. It's like I think it's oh. like a. I think Manny Moyer has like five hundred dollars one on her wiki. <laughs> Good for her. Hey, it's better than zero, I guess. <laughs> You're right. You're exactly right. Uh, so yeah. We we move on from the daily challenge portion. The green team, which consists of Emmanuel, Devin, Josh, Tori, Casey, and Nani, get the win. It is a male elimination, meaning the people who are eligible to be voted in are Ed, Logan, Corey, Nelson, CT, Kyle, Kyle, who we must note was basically in tears after the daily challenge. Because he's, you know, blew the opportunity for his team.
1: Yeah. And they seem genuine. I've seen Kyle be very disingenuous. This seemed real.
0: Especially because you could tell, like, he'd been joking, like, a little bit too much about hating his team. And he's kind of looking weak in these daily challenges because he knows, like, oh, my God, I'm probably going into elimination because people view me on, like, the bottom of the totem pole because I've been making too much of a joke of myself
1: it is a chronic problem for him.
0: (laughs) Yep. Uh, We're going to move into the, uh, the politics portion, which is going to be a bit straightforward because someone threw a twist into everything. (laughs) Just Uh, seeing you shake your head.
1: (laughs) Shaking my head. Yes. Yeah. You're going to hear, you're going to hear Luke's thoughts in a minute.
0: (laughs) Moving into the politics and strategy portion. The house is talking about two options to be voted in and it is Logan or Ed because they're both rookies, which makes sense. They throw in Corey as a red herring idea as well, but essentially it comes down to Logan and Ed and Ed is very aware of this idea. Uh, What does he do? He tells the, the yeah, my bad. The dumbest
1: thing ever. Sorry for cutting off. He does the dumbest thing ever.
0: Yep. He tells the house, well, Logan's injured. He's got a bad hamstring Let's give him a few extra days to recover. I will go into elimination. Like, I want to whoop some ace, according to him. And, yeah, let's do that. So that way my friend can get some safety for a few days. I'll come back. I'll fight. Everyone is cool with that because they're like, well, we're not the house 50% of the problem is done. What does Ed do from here, though? And that's like CT even says at the deliberations, like, so uh, so Ed, what are you, what are you thinking for uh, your vote? And, uh, Ed... You know, he keeps that a secret. He keeps that under wraps at least. So, ooh, boy. Logan, I mean, Luke, what are your thoughts?
1: Ooh, boy, is right. Who knows who they would have actually picked? It wouldn't have been Corey, let's be real. It would have been one of the rookie guys. However, if you are Ed, Agent Ed, the engineer, he's so smart. You're an idiot. You have 50 Oh, God. If they choose Logan, Logan might not choose him because he's another rookie, but Logan might still go home because he's injured. Logan might even pick Ed, but Ed can likely beat him because he is injured. But not only does Ed volunteer himself, he does it in a way where he cannot pick Logan as his opponent, so he's left to go off against CT, Corey, Nelson, or Kyle. (laughs) What? And Amanda was like, he was like, Logan deserves to be here. And to that, I say, why? Because he's been boring and Anissa's partner. And Amanda's like, Ed, you deserve to be here too. Like, yes, you were an alternate, but like you came in, you made a name for yourself. You've done well in dailies. Like you won an elimination already. Logan is hurt. Let him go in. And like you said, yeah, if you're people in the in the non-winning circle, sure, that takes away half the problem. But if you're in the winning circle or whatever they're called – easy vote. I don't have to piss anybody off. Like he's agreeing for us to vote him in. Well, I wash my hands of this. Ed is so in this moment.
0: Stupid. Yeah, Amanda really was like, "You sure about that? You know, you could take your words back still. We we could still make Logan the vote. Let's push that agenda." But nope, Ed did not renege from the idea. He went full force even. Uh my brain was like, this is so stupid, but let's try and figure out what ways it can work positively. Uh, My thought process is that if you lose, like, part of the strategy of this game at this point is that if you lose, you want to be surrounded by people that won't pick you going forward. And we know with Corey and Nelson, they aren't going to pick each other. Uh, He knows, he sees Logan as someone that like, well, if Logan gets voted in next week, then I know I'm not getting put in by him in the future. And maybe you just want to create a relationship like that going forward. And it also gives him an option to switch teams to the green team or just stay with blue. Uh, but, you know, you keep that loyalty. You keep that, you know, that team meters And maybe Nelson will vote, won't bring you in later. Maybe CT won't bring you in later. Um, that's just looking at the game optimistically. Because I do think in certain situations, uh, you want to be surrounded by people who won't take you in if you lose. I think that's, I think that's the modern gameplay now.
1: I agree. It was a nice thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this this
1: game. If you're a rookie at this point, is if not now, then later. And I understand how tricky that can be to navigate. But always shoot for later. He did not have to give up his game now. Like he did not have to say like, yeah, I'll go in, because his team could win the next four dailies and he would be safe potentially to even the final. Like it's it probably is not likely to happen, but it could happen
0: yeah i think of uh, on invasion uh shane landrum was uh when they're trying to get into the oasis uh they talked about the idea of shane going in against cory one of the like the first eliminations that season and he was like no 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 no, I'll, I'll go it's like you and theo that's a matchup people everyone wants to see that he like stroked the flames with that fire because he's like i'm good at dailies if i can win a daily and then get my, t- my ticket to the oasis that way i'm gonna try and do that so that's you know i agree with you if you can punch it in later that's always better uh I do think the the game landscape uh, of like actually returning to Sapphire was smart because her and Amanda will never pick each other for elimination. And so when you have that guarantee, you should go for it. Uh, Because when they were first picking teams, they thought like, oh, it's better if we spread out. No, it's better if you have your allies closer to you, especially because you guys can align on a vote easier if you want to make a big power move.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you you would hate if you were someone like Ashley and you joined Nani's team and you guys lost and Nani went down and Nani chooses you, even though you're on her team. So I agree completely with you.
0: So from there, uh, Ed talks with Logan, his new best buddy, uh, about who he should call out. Uh, CT is not an option because nobody wants to face CT. From there, Logan pitches like, well, if it's speed based, you don't want to go against Corey. If it's strength-based, you don't want to go against Kyle. He's like, I think Nelson's probably the easiest option of them all. Um, And Logan has just never watched the show, because these three guys are all basically the same type of player who are all good at different things.
1: Yeah, and Logan's had a weird vendetta against Nelson this entire season. Like, multiple times he's conspired against him. But I'm so sick and tired of Logan. He should have been DQ'd when his hamstring was tweaked. I would have applauded the
0: challenge producers. I would have... Smiled ear to ear. If Ed had uh, called down Logan as like, oh look, I'm I was taking you down the whole time as a ploy to get myself to the green team, that would have been like an ultimate big brain move. He's like, oh guys, I'm actually a villain. This is this has all been a facade the entire time. I would have loved. <laughs> Love that. Nope. Not, not at all. Nelson loves Ed. I mean, I mean Nelson loves Ed. Ed loves Nelson, so he doesn't call it Nelson, doesn't call it CT. Those are his Sapphire team buddies. So he says it's between Corey and Kyle, which is really big because everyone in the crowd knows it's going to be a pole wrestle. He calls out Kyle for elimination and the crowd is like, are you an idiot? Cause Kyle has won so many pole wrestles in the past.
1: Honestly, I didn't know that. I mean, I watched the show just my mind wasn't like, huh? But I think back he's beat CT and JP. He's beat
0: bear. Is that right? No, he beat uh, Jacob Allen uh, from Double Agent, the mustard guy. Oh, Josh Allen, or Joseph Joseph Allen. (laughs) (laughs) And then didn't he beat... Uh, He uh, beat CT last season, but CT threw him the win because Cam was going to beat Big T in any way, so he didn't really want to fight
1: it. Got you. I was just trying to figure out if he beat another British person, but maybe not. But but that is important because they're making it seem like he is like the goat of pole wrestle, Winning two pole wrestle eliminations is impressive, but does it make you the
0: GOAT? No, not at all. I mean, I I actually, I think Kyle was still the the worst player there because you don't want to face Nelson in a pole wrestle. Like we've seen Nelson go up against a 240-pound man in a hall roll and go toe-to-toe. We saw Nelson just murder Bear in a pole wrestle on Total Madness. Like that's not someone you want in a headbanger. You want Nelson in anything but a pole wrestle.
1: Yeah. And and Corey even too, Corey's strong. Just because he's fast
0: doesn't mean he's not strong. He's explosive. I don't I don't want Corey either. And his like l- like let's be honest. Kyle's elimination record going into this episode is four and six. That's I mean, I think that's the same record that Ashley has. Uh and he doesn't really get as much crap for it, for it being bad. I mean, so historically Kyle and eliminations don't go great, even if he is good at Paul Russell's. Well I wanna point out too,
1: and we've already kind of mentioned it. The no-brainer really is still an option. It's <laughs> Logan. Like, he like he is a slender dude, does not have huge arm muscles. Like Yeah, he's he looks phenomenal. But of the guys left, like he's probably the weakest. And you could really use that hamstring against him.
0: For sure. I'd love for Logan to be in the house, though, and then to call out Nelson. And then Nelson turned him into lunch meat because he would have been shut up real fast. I know I know, know we make fun of Nelson in his daily challenge loss streak, but, man, he would have eaten up Logan in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's uh, our strategy portion, which didn't include a lot of strategy, just was a lot of dumb moves that we're kind of <laughs> scratching our heads at. Moving into the elimination portion now. And now talking about the elimination, Kyle jumps down the stage getting ready to compete with Ed and pole Russell. And man, you really do forget how tall Kyle is until he stands next to a guy that's five six five seven. because Kyle looked like Ed's dad. He was just he was giant. He was he was just so much taller than him. And you're like, oh, man, is Kyle bigger than we remember? Like it it happens every season, I feel like Kyle is just a big dude. He makes a comment later on the
1: episode about how big Ed's arms are. And he's like, they're twice mine. But really, they're not because Kyle is just proportionally just. Much, much bigger.
0: Yeah, like Kyle's like a big waist too. He's just he's gangly. He's got long legs. He's he's built really well. He's not a small guy by any means. Uh, they get into the pole wrestle uh, from the start. Ed tries to take it to the ground, and Kyle just has the strategy on him. He knows how to wear down his opponent. He knows how to use the certain angles to his advantage. And Ed is just really struggling at first. Ed, okay. Starting out, I was like, okay, Ed's
1: doing okay. But it was so clear, like, four seconds in, Ed's wearing himself out. Like, sure, it's impressive to pick up the pole with Kyle's entire body on it and slam him into the dirt. That's certainly a tactic. But if you're Kyle, you're just holding on. <laughs> like,
0: you're not uh, losing strength. I I, I do want to actually give credit to Ed there where – no, because I feel like at first it was, like, a couple minutes of them wrestling on the ground. And then Ed decided – screw this, I'm getting my ass kicked trying to play his game and then try to power bomb him a bunch up and down, up and down violently. And, you know, <laughs> you don't see that a lot in Paul Russell. You could see the crowd even being like, I've never seen Kyle take this much of a beating. While I agree completely,
1: it probably would have worked against an opponent in a similar size range. But Kyle's just so big that I don't think it made that big of an impact. I think it would have it would have been someone smaller. But Ed is just literally picking up a two hundred plus pound man with a pole, trying to shake him, and that's got to take a toll on every part of your arms, which you need for this pole wrestle.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even Casey threw out a, like a a jab, like, "Oh, you don't got the strategy. You're such a rookie. You suck." I'm like, Casey, I've never seen you in a pole wrestle. Let's calm down. This is this man's first pole wrestle. This is like all he could like. I thought it was the best strategy for Ed in that moment because he was playing Kyle's game and it wasn't working. So might as well just try to use blunt force at that point. Like I, I, I get people are going to say like, oh, it's like this is the vet, this is the type stuff. Like, no, Ed tried to play that way and it, it wasn't working. Um, Kyle at one point though, I think he was kicking Ed in the face. He was just straight kicking Ed in the face as he was like trying to power bomb him, and it made me really wonder what are the rules to pull Russell at this point? Can you just straight punch someone like it? Cause it felt like there were no rules in this version. Right. I
1: mean, you can definitely dislocate someone's shoulder, uh, <laughs> <laughs> madness, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I know. I, it, and this is horrible too. But even when Ed was like dropping him to the ground and picking him back up, I'm like, kick some dirt in his face. Like if you're going to play dirty, play dirty because that would distract me.
0: For sure, when uh, when when Kyle kicked Ed in the face, I had to replay it multiple times because I saw sand just go flying out in the air. I was like, "Man, did you just shoot sand in this dude's face?" And yeah, because in the in the traditional in the first season they did pull Russell, the rule was you couldn't get off your knees. And nowadays, there's no rules. There's just nothing to it. Uh, I like this more violent format from an aesthetic standpoint. Uh, but there were points where I was like. Why don't you just like punch someone in their Achilles and just see right. <laughs> see what happens? Why don't you just bite their wrist? You know, <laughs> isn't that the the old uh, Teresa Nani thing? It's like, oh, she's biting me. She's like, yeah. she's literally biting me right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, give the old Sylvia special a headbutt. I don't
0: know. Perfect. Uh, eventually, Kyle. Once he uh, once Ed is like a little bit tired from powerbombing, he flips it over. Uh, he takes advantage of the moment, he gets leverage on him, and he takes the win for that round. Uh, Ed looks kind of distraught. He's just like, my God, I, I just beat the hell out of this man. He just took advantage of me. Yeah, and
1: we all know this, but winning the first round of anything is so important. How often in life do you lose the first round set of anything and come back? I mean, it's always possible. We've definitely seen it, but that momentum and that motivation and that boost you get from winning the first round of something it's like okay Kyle just has to win once more whereas Ed's mindset now is oh I have to beat him two more times
0: and it was an uphill battle because he'd already used a lot of his gas I mean whenever someone does make a comeback like that we remember it as being like oh my god I can't believe they did that I can't believe they came back and Nani did it last season against Gabby Allen but she probably shouldn't have went down 1-0 in the first place that was like a different circumstance right I do gotta give credit to Ed for round two because like when the round starts, Ed just tries to keep them both on their feet, and he just tries to like we're gonna play the rip game. We're not gonna we're not gonna wrestle. It's like I'm just trying to rip this away, and I'm trying to use my you know my core strength, trying to use my hamstrings, which if he used against Logan, Logan would have lost immediately because Logan doesn't have a good hamstring right now. Again, so stupid. And the
1: rip game, while that probably is a better strategy that conserves energy, if you're the shorter
0: person in the rip game, you have a disadvantage. I, I agree, but at least like he was trying something different. That That's my thing. Is, like, if you're not willing to try something different to win, then you're not actually trying. And, that, and that's what I give Ed credit for because he was just trying to figure out what would work for him because playing the more conservative game that Kyle was, Kyle was just going to beat him at. and. Ed even explains at one point, like the problem with Kyle is that he's so long and gangly that no matter where I try to put the pole, he just always has a hand on it. And I mean, that's what it came down to. Yeah. I mean, no surprise here.
1: Kyle wins the round and wins the elimination, but I, I'll, I'll say exactly what you said. Cause I'll give him the same credit. I do like that. Ed is smart and he's not smart in the sense that he's boring. Even though he made a stupid decision this episode, he's smart when it comes to even the physicalities of the show, which if he's allowed to come back, if he accepts a call, if he gets one, uh, which I feel like he would. He could bring a lot of different things to the table that we've not seen yet. He just would have to bring in some other stuff.
0: For sure. And I, I, it's like, you know, people are going to be like, oh, you don't know how to play a poor Russell, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, this is a rookie season. There's no reason for him to know how to do this until you get the experience. In a future season, if he loses a pole wrestle the same way, then he's a complete idiot. I mean, we already know he's, you know, not the brightest thinker from throwing himself into here. But, I mean, Ed is playing for the fans more than anything. We've talked about this since day one. He has that circle attitude to him where he's trying to gain influence. He's trying to be everyone's, like, favorite. And if he had won this elimination, stayed with Team Blue... And then next week Logan goes in, doesn't call him in. People would be calling Ed a genius. They'd be like, oh man, what a you know, what a ballsy move. He plays the game the right way. Instead, he just kind of looks like an idiot with egg on his face.
1: Yeah, um, he also lost the circle, let's note. Um, <laughs> so he should have brought in a little bit of a different strategy. However, I I will give full transparency. Ed was brought in as an alternate. I mean, he got lucky, he was not gonna be put on the show. And let's be real, if you look back at alternates in the past, hardly any of them ever actually get brought back to the show to, to come on. He got really lucky and he thought, let me make the most of this moment. He was happy. He was cheerful. He had some good daily performances. He won an elimination already. He might be thinking like, let me go out with a good guy at it. And if I don't go out, I can last a little bit longer. So maybe I will feed into a little bit the idea you had earlier that this could have been schematic.
0: Fans love him, man. I mean that I mean you want to take that away. I don't know how the reaction to him will be after this episode, but I think it'll still be generally positive. Uh it wasn't the worst movie we've ever seen. We've seen other people die on the swords in worse ways. Uh and Kyle, he gets this win. He's now a career 5 and 6 in elimination. One win away from a 500 record, you know, still a losing record, but then he chooses uh he says he, he gives out a speech like my dad said on his dying on his dying bed that which was or was it grandpa? He said, "My grandpa granddad. said on his, di- yeah, my granddad said on his dying bed that if you're gonna do something, you you play with CT's team. So I'm taking Nelson's spot. I'm playing with CT, and I think it is a smart idea because Kyle's thinking about the final. He's like, I've almost won a final. CT's won finals. Amanda would be pretty good in a final. Ashley's won finals. Be a pretty good team. I want to clarify too
1: that it was a funny joke, sure, but. I could definitely see his grandfather on his deathbed saying, like, play with CT, you know, flatlining. But he said, my granddad said verbatim, screw the Ruby team, join Sapphire (laughs) CT, which just totally was like, Okay, your granddad didn't say that. He's probably rolling over in his grave, either laughing or just convulsing because that was a bad joke. But you're right. Sapphire team. Makes some sense. I don't like the Emerald team, but they might have made more sense, but then again, they've been on a win streak. You don't want to piss them off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Emerald would have made sense because if he takes Josh off the team, or if he takes Emmanuel off the team, yeah, if he takes Emmanuel off the team, Devin won't call him into elimination. And if Josh calls you into elimination, you just beat Josh in elimination because that's that's what people do when they face Josh in elimination. Uh, that probably would have been the best play for him to get to the final. But if they think the final is coming up somewhat soon, you ride with the blue team, because I think that is the team built for a final. I agree. CT and Ashley hate on those two in different
1: facets all you want. Put them in a final with you. You want to be on their team.
0: Yeah, I mean, even coming into the season, I thought Kyle and Amanda as like a pair, like that would be a good team in a final in a world where like CT and Ashley weren't there. But if you're, they're all on the same team, that's a really good team. Plus, Bettina, I mean, I mean, everyone's talking about Bettina, but people on the show, when Bettina's not on screen, they're asking, where's Bettina? <laughs> I couldn't help but think, I'm sorry, Alan,
1: <laughs> whose new Twitter name is number one Bettina Stan. Um, I couldn't help but think, you know, send Bettina home, and this foursome could do some damage in a final. Well, I, I don't want to say that, because I love Bettina too much,
0: but you're probably right.
1: Yeah, I love her, too, but let's be realistic. Um, she's a rookie, and That's why I'm saying that. Oh, yeah, a yeah. Okay, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> she's also but, a little top-heavy. Probably couldn't run in a final. You, your, fav is that, your favorite is Ashley. You, you know, you realize yeah, what I'm saying. She's proven that she's got them rocks
0: strapped to her chest, and she can power through it. <laughs> All right. Oof. And, I mean, it's fun that we're actually talking about the final now. This game is getting really real. The numbers are dwindling. The episodes are becoming really good these last few weeks, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Caffeine Confessionals. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, follow Luke on Twitter at Final Reckoning. Follow me on Twitter at The Caffeine Confessionals podcast on Instagram. How you doing, Luke? How do you feel about this episode? Feeling good. Excited for next
1: week. Uh, I'm I'm ready for this to start dwindling down. Knocks on board
0: of it just because I want to know who wins. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We got All-Stars coming in a few weeks. We got, we got Survivor going on still. It's a good time to be a reality TV fan. It's also a busy time. Have a great day, everyone. Signing out.